This morning we are continuing and finishing up at least this month-long series on family, and we're going to talk about um, grandparenting this morning. If you'd open your Bibles to Psalm 78, we're going to be in Psalm 78 this morning. Um, I will also have the text on the screen. And this actually interesting this morning, this was not intentional, but is kind of serving too as a bridge to what we're starting next week. The, the summer, we're going to be in the Psalms, and so it's fitting that we're ending the, this uh, family series in the Psalms. But today, we really are going to be focusing, focusing on grandparents. I was initially going to call it a theology of grandparent, but theology of grandparenting, but I didn't want to blow you away with my amazing creativity and sermon titles, so... Uh, or I thought, I mean, two theology of blank in one month is like too much for people. So decided to entitle it, Putting the Grand in Grandparenting. I mean, is that not amazing for me? Like, trust me, I didn't get that, create that myself. I, there's an article I read in Grandparenting that that was the title, and I just, I liked it. So we want to talk about putting the grand back in grandparenting. Um, just a couple of quotes I found on grandparents um, that I really love a few things. What a, what a bargain grandchildren are. I give them my loose change and they give me a million dollars worth of pleasure. I think all the grandparents here understand that, right? Um, another guy unknown said, grandfathers are just antique little boys. A lot of truth in that. And my favorite's from Rudolph Giuliani, not the guy who was the mayor of New York, a, a different Giuliani, who said, what children need most are the essentials that grandparents can provide in abundance. They give unconditional love, kindness, impa- I mean patience, sorry, patience, humor, comfort, lessons in life, and most importantly, cookies. Most importantly, cookies. So if you're a grandparent, you, you understand that. So, you know, just this past Friday, I was talking with Steve when we were doing our weekly meeting and study and all, and we were talking about the modern view of retirement that's developed in our culture, that you work hard for your years, and then once you're done, like, you're deserving of life being focused on you, and so how it becomes a really self-centered, self-indulgence kind of thing, and like, it's like you're taking a break from the important things in life, hit the pause button, live life on cruise control, lots of travel, lots of playing golf, whatever, nothing wrong with golf, nothing wrong with travel, but that it really becomes focused on me. And, you know, in that kind of world that our culture is in, grandparenting has really fallen into major disrepair um, to where a lot of people, when they think of grandparenting, what they think of primarily is I dote on my grandkids, I spoil them, I entertain them, right? I enjoy them, pump them full of sugar and send them home to mom and dad to deal with. I mean, we hear that all the time. Um, But I just want you to know, as somebody who's a newbie grandparent, I've really been wanting to, to figure out what's this really look like and Sherry Schumann said this, that we live in an age when the role of grandparents isn't clearly defined. Society is ambiguous. And then she says this, the church remains uncharacteristically silent. It remains silent. And so I feel like that should not be the case. So this morning, I really want to give a grander vision of grandparenting. I really want to challenge us on how we can put the grand back into grandparenting. Because the Bible has a very high view of grandparenting. There was more scripture than I thought that relates to it. And God actually has a job description that he provides in Scripture, and so I want to, I want to look at that today. But before we jump into Psalm 78, um, I just really want to tell you that if you're a grandparent here, I mean, a lot of us, there's people here that will, will be grandparents, right? But your influence, it is so significant and so unique, and the potential for impact and for impl- influence is really huge, grandparents um, and future grandparents, everybody here, don't underestimate the impact you can have. 
Yes, the parents are the most important in shaping their children, but God has designed it that grandparents can have a really huge impact and are perhaps more important than any of us um, realize. So I wanted to look at Psalm, uh, at Psalm 78, if you would turn there with me. I'm also going to have it on the screen. And I want to show you what God says in just one text about grandparenting. So would you stand with me um, while I read? And if you have your Bible, I'm reading out of the NIV if you want to follow along. But in Psalm 78, verses 1 to 7, here is the word of the Lord. My people hear my teaching. They listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power, and the wonders He has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which He commanded our ancestors to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. And this is the word of the Lord. So you may be seated. Keep your Bible open. I'm going to come back to this text multiple times because there's a lot that's here. But just want you to know, again, you have the possibility for huge impact. Um, was just reading some research the last few weeks, and research has shown that if, if a teen or a young adult has a close connection with their parents, their grandparents, they will experience much less um, emotional or behavioral difficulties in their life. Somebody told me afterwards that there's some research they read that if parents, if grandparents and grandchildren are closely connected, that the grandparents actually live longer. So, you know, hey, hey, for the grandparents, that's a benefit. You know, we live in a celebrity culture, right? Celebrities are so important. In 2018 in the UK, a study was done where they wanted to find out, asked, they interviewed, teen, they did a survey of teenagers to find out who was most influential in their life, and they found that two-thirds of them said they were most inspired, other than their parents, most inspired by their grandparents, two-thirds. And then a recent Barna survey asked teens the question, other than your parents, who were your main role models? Other than your parents, who are your main role models? And the answer, the number one answer by an overwhelming majority was the pastor. Do I hear a few snickers? Because that's not what the answer was, okay? Number one was grandparents who were named 37% of the time. Next were teachers and coaches at 11%, friends at 9%. And where did pastors come in? They were only mentioned 6% of the time. How about youth pastors, like Jordan? Only 2%. That's also a joke, by the way. Uh, they were included in the 6%. That was just pastors and ministers. Sports heroes and celebrities came in at 5%. Uh, and that actually means something significant. Do you know what that means? I'm only one percentage point higher than the Kardashians. Can you believe that? Only one percentage point higher than the Kardashians. I don't know what to think about that. But here's what I want you to see, grandparents, that other than the parents, you are the second most influential person in their life. And not just influential, um, the influence you can have in their life, but you can have a profound spiritual influence in their life. You have a significant role to play. You have so much, a wealth of things that you bring to the table to your grandchildren to have an impact on them. And you have the capacity to leave a deep impression on the souls of your grandchildren. 
this deep capacity for that. And that really is God's intent. But sadly, many modern grandparents are disengaged in the ministry of grandparenting. They're so busy grandparenting that they've lost sight of the ministry of grandparenting. Um, And that's really what I want to talk about this morning. So just that reminder or to say that I think God has a high calling on us as grandparents. We're called to make not just an impact, but a spiritual impact in their lives and to invest in them spiritually. And we're called by God to leave a spiritual legacy. And really, that's what this text says. Look at, again at verses 5 and 7. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their, their what? What's the next word? They would put their trust in God would not forget his deeds and would keep his commands. So that's the goal. That's the end game of my grandparenting is to see my grandkids, my children, but my grandkids put their trust in God, that they would know him intimately. Paul, in writing to his protege, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1.5 says this, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. And then two chapters later, in chapter 3, verses 14 and 13 and 14, he challenges Timothy this way, as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, which would be his grandmother and mother, and how from infancy you have known this holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. In Deuteronomy 4, 1 to 9, Moses said, now Israel, hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Two chapters later in Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 to 2, Moses says, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe so that you, your children, And their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give to you. I've kind of highlighted it, but notice in the last sentence of both of those texts that emphasis on and their children, the mention not just of my task to the children, but to, to my grandchildren, right? That I'm not just finished when my kids grow up and leave the home, but I've got a responsibility from the Lord, a legacy to leave with my grandchildren. So there really is a two-generation responsibility that all of us have to pass on our faith. And I, I was just imagining, can you imagine if this were carried out, that if this were obeyed, that every child would have six adults who are seeking to make a spiritual impact on them? Is not not profound? Six adults seeking to make a spiritual impact on them if this were carried out fully. So we can't miss this opportunity as I've thought a lot about this. Um, I mean, are we not all agreed this is such a huge task, I think, for grandparents? But I want to tell you something really important. Uh, And this is true with parenting too. Potential impact does not mean automatic impact. Potential impact does not mean automatic impact. For Impact, spiritual impact to happen, it requires intentionality. It requires that. Um, There has to be a commitment not just to be a Christian grandparent, but to be an intentional Christian grandparent. 
That has to be the commitment, to engage our grandchildren intentionally, to invest in them with intentionality, that I choose to grandparent with a purpose. That's what I believe God is calling all of us who are grandparents to. And if we do that, this isn't a guarantee, but if we do that, we have the likelihood of making a multi-generational impact. So again, look at Psalm 78 and look at verses 5 and 6. I'm going to insert something in the text to show you, I think, a profound truth that's in here. Again, it says that he decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors, so that's the parents, to teach their children so the next generation would know them. And even the children yet born, so the grandchildren, even to them who were yet born, and they in turn would tell their children, the great-grandchildren. So this scripture is actually talking about a four-generational impact that's possible. I mean, would you not agree that's an amazing goal to be able to have a four-generational impact? That's, that's God's design, and that's how He wants to see it happen. I don't know where I first heard this. It was several years ago, but this thing that I want my, my ceiling, my spiritual ceiling, to be my children's spiritual floor, that they can build upon that. And I think conversely, if you take it a step further, it's that then my children's ceiling would be my grandchildren's floor that they could build on. That's like the longing of our heart is that that would actually happen. Um, let me illustrate it this way. When Pat and I were in Israel, we got to visit a site, an archaeological dig, and they had uncovered all this, and you get to see this whole um, side view. There's a word for that, but it's, I'm missing it right now. You get to see it from the side, and what you realize is that multiple civilizations are built on top of each other, and this is what it looks like. That the, what is the ceiling of one civilization became the floor of the next, and what was the ceiling of that civilization became the floor of the next. So this is what God is calling us to as grandparents, that we, that we will be building that kind of a legacy. So I want to get practical with all of this um, because, really, I'm a rookie at it, right? We still have a two-year-old granddaughter and a pretty newborn, about three months in or so. And so I'm still new at all this. I haven't had, they haven't gotten old enough for me able to be able to do a lot of stuff with them. But I really want to do grandparenting right, and I really wanted to look into this, what the scriptures say, and I wanted to come up with some practical things. Um, I mean, all of you parents know when your children are born, there's no instruction, instruction manual, right? No inst- you get them and you're like, oh my gosh, what do we do? Well, it's the same with grandchildren. There's no instruction manual that comes with them for a grandparent. And here's what I have found in my own life is I, nobody's ever given me any coaching or any guidance on how to be a grandparent. It was like a totally blank slate. So, and there's not a lot of books. There's a lot of books on parenting. There's not very many on grandparenting. And so I was very hungry. What's it look like to be a grandparent that intentionally makes a spiritual impact? Because I want to know. So I did some reading. I found some articles. I did a lot of talking with grandparents who've been down the journey further than I have, who made suggestions. And so what I'm sharing and passing on is just stuff that I learned from those places. So I want to take that civilization picture, and I want, to, I want to do something with it as I talk about how to practically grandparent. And let me say something, because there are people sitting here right now who are like, I'm not a grandparent. It may be 50 years. You know, I don't know, 40. I may never be a grandparent. This applies to all of us. This, this stuff is what's true of parenting. Um, every person that's here, you don't know, but at some point, you may be in the life of a family to where you essentially play a grandparenting role in their life. So I really challenge everybody to listen because I think there's good stuff here for everybody. So to build a civilization physically, it requires brick and mortar, right? 
It requires that brick and mortar. So I was wondering, what are the bricks and mortar of grandparenting? If I really want that my ceiling is our children's floor and that, that their ceiling becomes the, the grandkids' floor, then what's that really take? And I think it takes two things. Um, the brick and the mortar. It, takes on, it means that I need to pass on, as a grandparent, my love, we pass on our love, and that we pass on our faith. And again, with intentionality. These are the bricks and mortar. The bricks are the substance. The mortar is what holds it all together. And so I want to talk about those two things. So first, I want to talk about the mortar, which is the relationship. It's passing on love. That's what holds the bricks. When we get to that, that's what holds it all together. And four ways, I think, for us to pass on our love. Number one is, is just give your time. Children, I've heard, spell love, T-I-M-E. And so give them their time. It's true with parents. It's true with grandparents. And I, I really challenge grandparents, be strategic with your time with them. Get involved. Do stuff. You know, have those experiences. Love on them. Pass on skills. You know, do woodworking with them. Do gardening with them. Things that you love to do. Because even in doing those things with them, you're teaching them biblical values of like hard work and perseverance. And really, as I talked, there was one grandparent this week I was talking to who said, make sure you say this. Don't just spend time with them as a group, like all the grandkids together, or these three together, or these two, but make sure you spend time with them individually, because that's where you'll really get to know them. And that's what takes me, I think, to the second one, that as they get older, as they get older, is initiate conversation with them. Um, ask a lot of questions and do a lot of listening, not just to their words, but listen to their heart. Get to know them. And again, do that, they were saying, individually. Make sure you're having those individual conversations where you're talking to them about your life and about theirs. And that's how you'll get to know their uniqueness. You'll get to know their likes, their dislikes, their fears, their joys, their ups, their downs, and all the things going on. And a quick just reminder to all of us, in relating to anybody, this is relating, especially this is for the guys, um, for relating to guys and grandsons, this is true for anybody, that women tend to relate face-to-face. -face. That's the primary way they engage in conversation. Boys don't relate well that way. That's why when you say to your man, hey, let's sit down and have a conversation that they get scared and inside want to run away, okay? Um, men relate, have conversation better shoulder-to-shoulder. -shoulder. So if you want to talk to your man, if you want to talk to your boy, if you want to talk to a grandson, the best way to do it is take a ride in a car or go on a walk or take a hike or work together side by side, and in the midst of doing that, they're much more likely to talk to you about things. But we just want to keep an ongoing dialogue going with our grandchildren. And I know I've read sometimes in the teens it gets hard, but a lot of people I've talked to said if you'll push through that, you'll, you can come out on the other side in an amazing way. Third, third way that we put that mortar in is to affirm them, to be their greatest cheerleader. Uh, there's not a lot of cheerleaders for young people much anymore in the world, and they need what a grandparent has to say to them. So notice their God-given uniqueness and call that out in them. You know, say to your grandchildren, I see your strength, or I see that courage in you, or you have such a kind and compassionate heart, or I see leadership gifts in you. So call those things out in them and, and bless them in those things. Um, they need to hear those things and don't, need, don't hear them in a lot of places. And I want you to know as a grandparent, your voice carries more weight than you know. More weight than you know. And then finally, just want to challenge as far as passing on love is to embody unconditional love and grace. 
embody unconditional love and grace. Jack and Lisa Hibbs said that God has designed a child to naturally gravitate toward his or her grandparents. And Tim and Darcy Kimmel, he's written a lot of books on family. The love between a grandparent and a grandchild is the closest thing to unconditional love that we have on earth. And, you know, parents, I I remember, I was one. You're so busy, you're running a household, and you're trying to discipline, you're trying to teach them values, and there's just so much going on. But grandparents kind of get to be away from some of that pressure. We have some perspective. We've learned to chill a little bit, right? And grandparents actually offer an unconditional love and grace to the grandchildren that they really badly need. So I just want to challenge you to really push into that, um, to live into that. So, grandparents, pass on your love. That's the mortar. That's what holds the bricks together, what we're going to get to in a second. So I'm telling you, get to know them. Um, We live in an age, you know, like the life of teens right now is so fraught with peril. And they need, outside of their parents, they need a secure source of love and anchor love in their life, and you can really provide that for them. And, you know, all the material I read on grandparenting said there was one thing they all kept saying that, and if you've been a grandparent long, I'm, I'm kind of new at it, but that grandparents have the capacity for a very unique bond with their grandchildren that they will not have with any other human being in the world, some kind of connection that nobody else can share with them. And I just want you to know, if you love them well, if you really love them well, you set yourself up to have spiritual impact on their life, but you've got to love them well. So pass on your love. And now onto the substance, the bricks of spiritual impact, passing on your faith. And I've got five bricks this morning that I want to share from all the talking, all the reading I've done. Um, the first brick is this, the Bible. The Bible is really important. It should be in your tool belt with your grandchildren. If Psalm 78, we're going to keep coming back to this. Look at verses 5 and 6. If you've got your Bible open, you can look on the screen. Look at what it says in verses 5 and 6. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. That four-generation thing of teaching the Word of God. In Deuteronomy 4, now Israel, hear the decrees and the laws I'm about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. So I really encourage you, open God's word with them. Read the Bible to them and with them as they get older. Memorize scripture together. Um, We're going to talk about this in a minute. You know, don't be weird about it, but don't be afraid to bring scripture um, to, to bear upon their lives and things that they're, that they're dealing with or struggling with. That's part of our call as a grandparent. I know a grandparent who doesn't do this every day, but occasionally, you know, on, like on the U version, do you guys have it set? I've got it set every day at 9.30 a.m. The verse of the day pops up on my phone, and I find it so helpful. And there's times that'll pop up, and I can think of somebody that I think needs that, and so I'll do a screen capture, and I'll send it to them. I know a grandparent who does that with their grandchildren. If they're teens, as they know they're going through stuff, they'll send them scripture. Brick two is prayer. Pray, pray, pray. The older I get, the more I really believe this, right? Pray with them. Pray for them often. And if you're here this morning as a grandparent, I've got a sheet of paper in the back of 31 virtues you can pray for your grandchildren, one for each day of the month. So pray for them. Um, 
It really is the greatest work that we can do. I can't change the heart of a grandchild, right? Only God can do that. So prayer is so important. Hudson Taylor famously said, move men by God through prayer. So prayer really is the greatest work we can have in our grandchildren's life. The third brick is model. Model your faith for them. Make sure it's real in your life. So 2 Timothy 1.5. Again, Paul to Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois. Isn't that profound? It lived in her. She modeled her faith for him. In Deuteronomy 6, 1 to 2, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe. Do it as a grandparent. So that, so by you observing it, modeling it, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. Back to Deuteronomy 4, verses 1 to 9. Now, Israel, hear the decrees and laws I'm about to teach you. You follow them so that you may live. Be careful and watch yourselves, right? Watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. So grandparents, model Jesus, model his way, model a commitment to Jesus, model a lifestyle that, that goes hard after Jesus. Let them see you naturally Pray in response to things. Not, not faked, right? But naturally. Let them see naturally you read the Bible. Um, naturally how you, you give. Naturally how you serve. They serve alongside of you. Naturally how you share your faith. Let, let them see those things naturally. Just this week I was talking with Scott and Kathy Waters, and they said the one morning um, he was in prayer, and one of the kids came down early and saw him and said, Grandpa, why do you have your eyes closed? And he said, I'm, I'm praying to God. And then a little bit later, that grandchild saw Kathy, and Kathy was just, I'm not sure if she was taking a nap, if she wasn't praying, she was thinking or something, and she had her eyes closed, and the grand, that same grandchild came up and said, you know, Grandma, you're praying, aren't you? But how she had seen that modeled and how that was catching on to her, I just thought that was a cool story. You know, as grandparents, we should live the kind of life that says to our grandchildren without words, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, where he said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Larry McCall wrote something really cool about this modeling as a grandparent. He says, do you remember when Paul talked about the aroma of Christ? I like to ask people, do you remember a certain aroma in your grandparents' house? How many of you remember the aroma of your grandparents' house, right? Maybe it was your grandma's cooking or her baking. You remember that smell. I've often thought, when we're gone and our grandkids are now adults, I would hope they would say, when we're at Papa and Grandma's house, it smelled like Jesus there. Wouldn't that be cool? It smelled like Jesus. We want sim- he says, we want them to see Jesus in us. When they're around us, in the ebb and the flow of life, they know that Papa and Grandma love Jesus, and they just want to talk about it. So... Let's model. This is personal, by the way, if you can't tell. Trust me. I mean, I'm still new in this this game, but your personal commitment to Jesus can have a profound impact on them. Brick number four is share. Man, as a grandparent, you have so much to offer. And I want to encourage you to share four things. First, share your testimony. Let them hear how you came to faith in Jesus. That's a significant 
Second thing, share your experiences of God. I want to bring in two psalms I haven't mentioned to this point. In Psalm 145, there it is. There's the two share things. In Psalm 145, 3 and 4, here's what it says. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. In Psalm 71, 17, and 18, since my youth, God, you've taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power till the, to the next generation and your mighty acts to all who are to come. So we're to share the things God has done in our life. If you look in Psalm 78, our text, if you still have your Bible open, look at verses 3 and 4. Here's what it says in verses 3 and 4. Things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us, we will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power, and the wonders He has done. So if we don't hide, we won't hide those things from our descendants, which is plural, which is not only our children, it's our grandchildren, and if God gives us great-grandchildren, that we, we share those stories with them, that we, we talk about the ways God has impacted. You know, Melissa asked, how many of you have seen God move a mountain in your life? And a lot of hands went up, that we share those stories with them, that as grandparents, that we've all experienced God's provision in miraculous ways. We've experienced His grace and His love and His mercy and His forgiveness, even in our failings, right? We've seen God be faithful, and so we need to share those things. In Joshua 4, when they crossed the Jordan, you remember he, he opens the river for them, they walk through, and he commands them on the way through each tribe, grab a stone. And when they get to the other side, they, they take the stones and they put them, in they, 12 stones, and they create a memorial, a monument. And he tells them, in the future, whenever your kids and your grandkids and great-grandkids, they ask, what are the stones for? That You tell them the story of what God did. And so, for all of us grandparents, I want you to know, your stories of God's involvement in your life, those are the memorials that God has put in your life that you can share with your grandchildren. And you have so much experience and wisdom to share. And then, I would say, um, finally, not just your life experience, but share your spiritual heritage. Some of you come from several generations of people who've known Jesus Christ. I had somebody come up after first service who told me of their spiritual heritage. You know my story, my parents weren't believers, but my father's mother, Grandma Zartman, I mean Forsyth, sorry, Zartman was my mother, Mama Forsyth was a very strong believer. She went her whole life to Pleasant Run Baptist Church. She was a Sunday school teacher till she could no longer do it, I mean almost her whole life. She passionately loved Jesus and she told us as grandkids that she prayed for us every day. And so just like pass on that heritage, tell the stories of that to the grandkids. And then one last brick, those teachable moments. Um, Those first four bricks are all really direct. This one's the indirect one. Um, Those first four are very intentional of how I'm bringing the word and prayer and modeling and sharing into their life. This one is just that I'm walking life with them. And as I walk with life with them and as they encounter things or things come up in their life that I'm just willing to, put, to, to say, I've been there, I've done that, share the wisdom, here's how I handled that, but also to bring the Word of God to bear upon that so they can see that the Word of God really does speak to real life. Yeah, I walked that path, and here's a scripture that really helped me. So I just encourage you to really lean into those, those teachable moments.
One grandparent told me this week, they said, this again means that you know them and that you know what's going on in their life and that you've kind of got your antenna up and you're listening for those, those undercurrent things in their life so that you're willing to come alongside and speak into those things. And I, I know some teenagers, this is hard, but I have read and I had several grandparents tell me that if you have that kind of relationship with them and they know you love Jesus, the grandchildren will share with grandparents things that they won't share with anybody else related to some struggles. That's no guarantee of that, but you want to set yourself up to the place that they're willing to talk to you that way. Okay, those are kind of the main things. If I just shared a couple of the quick things, one, give them spiritual gifts. You know, toys are okay, but give them spiritual stuff too. Give them like age-appropriate Bibles. So Nellie turns two next week. Don't tell her, but I got her a Bible for her second birthday, the NIV study Bible. I mean, look at that thing. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Giving her from us her first Bible for tiny tots. It's tiny truths. Thank you, Brandy. A board book. That's kind of from us. It's like a first Bible. So give them those kinds of things. Give them good books, right? Give them, um, man, Adventure and Odyssey. How many of you guys listen to Adventure Odyssey stuff? I can't tell you how many trips across the country we're listening to like Chronicles of Narnia or, or Focus in the Family Radio Theater. I mean, back then it was CDs that you put in your car. Do cars take CDs anymore? I think now you probably download them and put them on a flash drive that you stick into your car. But give them spiritual gifts and Read books to them and with them, like good books that, that elevate Christian values or have Christian themes or as they get older, maybe something as a teenager they might be going through that you're walking through with them. Okay, so in all of this, I just want us to remember one thing, that the parents are the primary disciplers of their children, right? That's not my job as a grandparent, but I am called to respectfully and in an encouraging way to come alongside of our children, and to offer help, as, po- as much help and encouragement as possible. All right, for a final challenge, let me say a couple of things. Um, I want to talk to parents for just a minute, to all the parents that are here. To the parents, here's what I want to say. Take this whole thing of, of Paul's instruction that we instruct and train our children in the Lord. Take that seriously now. Take it seriously now, because... You may not know this, but right now you are actually building the foundation of what your grandparenting was going to look like. And if, if it ends up your kids don't give a rip about Jesus, the ability for you to impact your grandchildren is greatly decreased. So really take that parenting thing seriously. It's the same stuff. It's the same mortar. Love them first that they know they, you love them unconditionally. Build into them intentionally. And I'm going to say something, there's some other grandparents here. There are some who are in really tough situations, I know, who are not in the ideal situation. And like a lot of this, you're like, I can't apply that. My kids won't let me do that. Um, So what I want to encourage you is is take what you can. And in a minute, I'm going to show a book that I want to recommend. But just take what you can and apply it. Um, There also may be grandparents here this morning who are like, I've lost really valuable time. And I wasn't, I was being a Christian grandparent, but maybe not an intentional Christian grandparent. And so if that's you, I just want to say the point isn't to like dump a load of guilt on you. So don't go home today and use the day in regret over what you've missed. But instead, use this as a positive gift and just say, you know what? Starting today, I can just take one thing and start applying it to my grandchildren. So just want to give you that encouragement. So books, there's not a lot of them out there. 
but I highly recommend this guy, Mulville, Mulville Hill, I don't know how to say his name, has a series of five books that he's written or edited. This one is really good. I've been able to skim it. So if you're a grandparent, I really encourage you to buy that. He's got five, four other books that are really powerful. Um, one of them is If Your Grandchildren Are Far Away, How Do You Grandparent Long Distance? I encourage that to you. There is this book that's kind of the, the teal color down there, which is, I think, grandparenting when it's difficult. And that's if you're in a situation where, like, your kids don't want you investing spiritually or something. That talks about how you can do that. And then there's more and more of this these days of grandparents who are actually raising their grandchildren. And so there's a book on how to raise your grandchildren. So, okay, I want to end with a couple of questions and then a final challenge. I mean, here, here are the questions for the grandparents. And again, this isn't to generate guilt. This is to, to trust me, I've been asking myself of this. It's to spur me on to love and good deeds. That's the point. So I just want to know, are you leveraging your God-given position to influence your grandchildren spiritually? Are you leveraging that? Are you intentionally grandparenting? Intentionally. Are you intentionally engaging them, intentionally passing on your love, and are you intentionally passing on your faith? Those are worth thinking about. And to the grandparents, I just want to share a final scripture, two final scripture with you. Psalm 128.6, which uh, I love both of these, but to all the grandparents that are here, may you live to enjoy your grandchildren. And this is to everybody, but grandparents, enjoy your grandchildren. Because the children's children, they are a crown to the aged. And if you're grandparents, you know that, right? They're a crown to you. And, you know, I think in some ways God designed us that some of the most significant years of our life can be those post-50 years, the end of life. Um, there's been, if you talk to sociologists or psychologists, they say, that when people, especially men, when they hit 50, start asking a really important question, which is, am I leaving a legacy? I know I've done a lot, but am I leaving a legacy? And so grandparents, we have the ability to leave a spiritual legacy with our grandchildren. We have the ability to have major impact. So I just want to, to encourage and challenge the grandparents, because we know it's a joy and honor to be a grandparent, right? Is it not a joy and an honor? But it's not just that. Grandparenting is also a stewardship. So let's steward that well. Psalm 92, 12 to 4, 14 says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. I love that. In Psalm 103, 17, From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. It's with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. So, uh, man, I was hoping to end with that, that song again because it's so powerful. You know, that, that, the, the words, I don't even have the lyrics, but that the Lord would bless them and that he would keep them, that he would make his sh face to shine upon them, that he would lift up his countenance upon them and be gracious to them because God is for them, Right? to your children and their children and their children and all of our children. Amen. So can I pray for all of us? Father, I pray for everybody here. Lord, there are grandparents in our midst. There are future grandparents here. There are people who may take the role of a grandparent, even though they may not physically be one. 
And I pray that you would help us to steward that time of our life well, that we would um, not just live the American dream, but we would live your dream and that we would just learn to be intentional in our grandparenting, not perfect, but that there would be intentionality in passing our love and passing on our faith. And Lord, we really, our heart's deepest longing as grandparents, I think, is that our ceiling would be our children's floor. That's our heart's desire. And our heart's desire is then that for our children, that their ceiling would be the floor of our grandchildren. So we pray that in your name. Amen. All right, 12th. To all the grandparents, to all of us here, we've got impact to make, right? So you are sent.